The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone. It's so great to be here. As we always say, it's actually good to be anywhere. Um, many of us, when we were growing up, we loved the book uh, by Dr. Seuss. Oh, the places you'll go. I still find such pleasure from reading that book. It's so profound. Well, we have an author that has written a book with the subtitle, Where You Come From and Where You Are Going. Today, our featured guest is Betsy Thompson. Betsy, welcome to our show. Well, thank you, Temple. I'm delighted to be here, and thank you for inviting me back again. So your book, Love Human, uh, is a book about all of us, where we come from, where we're going, and why we're here. Um, You've been on our show before. You're a very popular guest on our show with other books that you've written. What was the calling within you that led you to write this book? Well, um, I think that uh, the most important person in our lives is, is, our, own, is our own self, and knowing ourself is uh, pretty important in terms of the quality of life that we have here. And so I just... Um, I just uh, I mean, I, I don't even really know that I was sure what I was going to write about, but I must have had a need inside of myself because I never know what's going to come out of my writing until I sit down and start to write. But um, this book turned out to be uh, really about all of us and um, the God within each of us and uh, how powerful an energy we are and how we create our life um, from the attitudes we take and the choices we make and how we react to the choices of others. And so it was just a a book that um, I suppose I was really ready to hear. And um, I always figure that if I'm ready to hear something, other people are ready to hear it too. And spot on you are. Um, talk to us about, with our show being called An Intentional Spirit, many of you are, many people are hearing about you for the first time. How, how did you get on this path? What's your, what's your sacred story, as I like to say, from your birth story to your creation story? What, right. what stories in your life have created you to be Betsy Thompson? Well, um, 
I, when I was a child, uh, my mother was always talking about her great-grandmother who had died a few days before I was born, and she was very close to this woman and loved her very much, and she was always telling me how much I looked like her. So I thought to myself that being like someone or looking like someone my mother loved was a definite asset since even at four I was having trouble getting along with my mother. So I, I decided I would talk to her at night and see if I was like her in other ways. And um, the fact that a voice responded didn't seem the least bit odd or unusual to me. Uh, I didn't tell anybody I was going to do that, so nobody told me I couldn't do it. Uh, so I had these lovely chats for a couple of months, and, and then I told my sister what I was doing, and I asked her who she spoke to. And her reaction was my first indication of how the rest of the world was going to react to this gift because she went ballistic and she teased me unmercifully for weeks. And I um, I went from feeling that this gift was a blessing to feeling that it was a, 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 not an asset at all. And I stopped talking. And um, it wasn't until the middle of my life when I was um, in California and um, sort of in a crisis, almost homeless, um, that I was assessing my life and realizing that I hadn't, uh, the choices I had made hadn't worked too well for me in terms of what I expected my life to be and that I um, was beginning to, uh, you know, realize that I hadn't, I'd been spending most of my life blaming others for my problems and uh, I was doing the Course of Miracles and it was all for me about taking responsibility. So I, I, um, I said a prayer one night when I was feeling that I was was not making it that I wanted to, I would honor the gift again. I started honoring the gift again and I but I I really needed uh, and I wanted to honor it. I wanted to share it with others. I'd write down what I heard, but I needed a job to support me while I did it. And 3 weeks later I had the job that I had for the next 18 years and working for an executive in the entertainment business and till I was able to retire. So I went from absolutely nothing to having enough to retire and write full time, but it, it was almost as if the universe said to me, okay, if you're ready, we're ready, and here we go. And um, and I've been writing ever since. And so it's really my message about that is that I, uh, urging everyone to be who they came here to be because I really think that if you ignore who you are, um, after a while your soul is going to say, okay, well, if we can't manage it this lifetime, we'll just get out of this lifetime and try again. And so thank goodness I did decide to, to be who I was because I'm still here. When I um when I celebrate someone's birthday, I um uh, I don't certainly say it to everybody, but the people that I know on more of a personal level, I like to say happy birthday real you. And how great it is that you happen to be a person that you have stepped into the true reason in which you were born, you know, yeah. or why you're here, of, of what you're about. It, it seems it's so challenging for people to uh, step back and, and smell the roses, if you will, and kind of look at how incidents and moments in their lives, what people don't seem to understand is the challenges that they have had, the experiences that is the part that shapes them into what they are to become where a lot of people live in a way that they don't see it that way at all. They're like, oh, if I'm so special, why did these horrible things happen to me or why did these bad things happen to me when it's really the opposite? Yeah. Um, in that yeah, way in fact, I believe that we choose our challenges because mm-hmm. uh, who knows better than our soul the challenges that we need in order to grow or in order to uh to expand the energy that we are. 
So everything, I, I, I truly believe that before we get here that we are planning our journey and that the people uh, who want to join us are around us planning their journey with us and that the people who give us the hardest challenges are probably the people who love us the most because they're the ones who hope we succeed. And so <clears throat> I have this imaginary conversation that I believe happened that we're all gathered around planning our lifetime, and I'm saying, well, this is a challenge I need, and and, um, and so I think my mother jumped in and said, oh, well, I can give that challenge to you because I need to do such and such and such, and so uh, we, you know, we're really, I don't think that we would come here uh, willy-nilly without some kind of a plan any more than we would go on a vacation without any kind of plan. Uh, we know where we're going to go when we go, when we take a vacation. We plan the luggage we need. We bring with us what we need. We plan what we're going to do when we're there, and we plan when we're going to leave. So why would we be any, uh, why would we be more careless about a journey um, in humanness? I mean, I'm sure we planned an awful lot of it. What we didn't plan was how we were going to react to everything when we got here because that's all about emotion and that's, that's happening in the moment. So that's where the challenge is, you know, whether we see um, things as um, helpful to our growth or whether we live in blame and resentment, which is what I did for half of my life. So I know all about how that happens. Absolutely. Um, for the for the person that's really curious about the changes and who they are and their path, um, how is your book going to help them? Well, I think it makes them realize uh, the powerful energy within that they are, that they could create this journey uh, in terms of what they needed to do and what they needed, who they needed to find and what they needed to learn. And it's all about, uh, this book is all about giving them faith, um, giving each of us faith in, our, in the power of our own soul that it has us here learning what we need to learn. But when people say to me, you know, that they think somebody did something that they shouldn't have done, I said, well, what you're really saying to them is that the soul in that person is a dummy and i and i think that's not a possible equation it is it, it's impossible the soul can't be dumb because it's it's all knowing it, it comes from a place where all knowledge is known and so therefore it, it's you have to ask yourself um you know how should you know what somebody else needs to live this lifetime uh and there are a lot of things that our eyes see that we judge because it looks so horrible but we don't really know what those people have lived before they got here, what those souls lived before they got here, and what they want to learn while they're here. And I don't think you need to worry about what other people are going through around the world because really um, we don't know, you know, they're with the people they need to be with and we're with the people we need to be with. We only need to concern ourselves with what's going on in our life because our life is the reason that we're here. So you're you're kind of saying uh, row your own boat. Yeah, I mean, you know, it would li- really just, be good to yeah, live live as you hope those people boat. will, and and release them into love, release them into the journey that they know they need, and have faith that they know that they do know what they need. Because if you don't have faith in what other people need to live, you lose faith in what you need to live. Because whatever you're putting out there towards other people, you're embracing for yourself. So you need to let go and release people to their own individual journey, so that you can focus on your individual journey and find the worthiness in it. I love the uh, new serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change, the courage to change the one I can, and the wisdom to know that's me. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That that kind of puts it in in perspective. But back back to what you're saying about someone's soul and their path, and... Um, it, it's often when we start, uh, especially 
uh, parents or teachers or different people in authoritative kind of roles um, when they start trying, if you will, to tell somebody how to live or what they ought to be doing and those kind of things. It's it's like that person is, is trying to play a mini God in that person's life. And I like the way that you are saying it is that we can't see the bigger picture. We're only seeing through one window or two windows. We can't see the the totality of, of what that person is emerging into. Yes, and we, we, don't, we have to... Um we have really no choice in terms of trusting. You know, you can't change other people. They change when they're ready to change, not when you think they should change. And they'll change when they're good and ready to do it. And it, it isn't about, I mean, the, the more I always think that when, when you are focused on other people and what's going on in their lives, ego has a great has a big grasp on you because it's keeping you so focused on what's going on around you that it's forcing you to ignore about what's going on inside of you. Uh, and if you uh, if you have a of somebody going through something um, that is really uh, catching your attention, then it probably has something to teach you about yourself. It has nothing to do with the other person. It's a focus that you have because your soul wants you to realize that this is, you know, something has, and there's a message here for you about it. Uh, I mean, if you are, for instance, um, constantly lamenting about um, the people in the world who are uh, fighting one another, um, and you're always talking about it and you're always bad-mouthing it, well, you have joined the fighters, basically. You are one of them because that's where your focus is, on people being wrong and people should be doing something else. So you have joined the very group that you are condemning. So it, it really is about uh, being the person. I mean, I know you've heard this before, but being the person you wish other people would be. If you want the world to be peaceful, then then, then settle all your feuds with others and live a peaceful life yourself. That's that's how people learn. People don't learn through words because words are like noises coming out of our mouths. People learn from watching you live a certain way and wanting to know how you live it and wanting to do the same thing so they can have the same kind of life. Are you there? I'm totally here. Yes, I'm here. Uh huh. Yeah, that's so true. So let's delve deeper into the book, Betsy. Okay. I feel like you must be in and out because I can't hear you. Hello. Are you hearing me now? Yes, I am. Okay, yes. So, um, does the does the book actually tell us how we can like break through a barrier or push through a little bit more to be more who we came here to be? What are some things that we will look for? Well, I think that the, that um, when you talk about breakthroughs, I think that. Just being born in, in humanness is probably a breakthrough for us, for one thing. And I think when we leave here, that's another breakthrough. And I think that we go wherever um, uh, wherever love takes us. Our soul has us living whatever is going to be uh, good for our growth. But I think I think of breakthroughs for me, at least in my life, breakthroughs always came from being able to uh, understand why I... Uh, instead of feeling resentful, resentful and um, and miserable about the influences that I had in my youth, it's been about seeing how that influence 
uh, helped me to live something else I had to live or motivated me to do something else. For instance, with my mother, um, I had a lot of trouble with her growing up. And um, we didn't agree on anything. Our whole philosophy of life was different. The way we viewed our reason for being here, the things that were important in life were all different. But I realize now, and that caused a lot of friction between us, but I realize now um, that she was a motivation in a way for me to find a philosophy of life that did work for me because it was hers was such an anathema to me that I, I couldn't, I couldn't make peace with it at all. But, you know, if she hadn't been the way she was, maybe I wouldn't have found the philosophy that I did need. So she was a gift in that way. And when I look back on it, I think of it that way because I want to remember it with a grateful heart instead of a resentful heart. And I think that we all control the way we feel about something by the way we look at it and the way we cons- and what light we consider it. And so I think it's really important to Remember that when you are trying to make peace in your life with what's happened to you in the past. It's how you perceive it. You know, if you if you perceive life as um, being entertaining, you feel amused. If you perceive life as being hateful, you feel angry. If you see life as being helpful, you feel grateful. And so it is really about changing your perception about it and finding how that how whatever has traumatized you forced you to grow in some ways has been very meaningful. That's right. For the people that say life isn't working, life works for them by not working. Uh, no, no doubt about it. The cause and effect is always operative in our lives. I would like to uh, remind you to go to BetsyThompson.com. That's her website. She has written uh, several books, uh, Walking Through Illusion, The What Happens If I, dot, dot, dot. Um, wonderful reads, uh, very knowledgeable and very uplifting. We'll be right back after this short break. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, Please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at the intentional spirit at unityonlineradio.org. 
Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Betsy Thompson today. We're talking about her new book, Love Human, where you come from and where you are going. And just uh, really delving into the fact that everything in our lives is meant to transform us, take us to a new place. It's all according to the window in which we look at it. This is not just a metaphysical cliche, but an absolute truth that has proven itself time and time again if you're willing to look at life through a new set of eyes and a new direction. Uh, Betsy, I love some of your articles that that you have, and you have some really great uh, writings. And one of the things that you talk about is you have an article called Mirror Mirror in which you refer to the fact that you have a brand new uh, battery in your car and that you still keep having problems with your automobile and you tie that in with how life is working for you, how you've been handling uh, dilemmas. Uh, Talk about that a little bit because I, I love that, you know, not only are you representing in your books a very metaphysical understanding of life from the absolute to the relative, but I also love that on a deeper level, um, you you really are a metaphysical person. I, I I see people that they're metaphysical, you know, when they attract a parking space or they're metaphysical when they feel like they're in love. Uh, but often people don't realize that metaphysics is you're all the way in. So your car reflects you. You know, your yes. animals reflect you. Um, your dog's acting out and anxious, and if you call the animal communicator, he or she will tell you it's because of the problems you're carrying in your own life, uh, because an animal doesn't pay a mortgage. You know, an animal <laughs> just is. So yes. it's, it's, I find that fascinating, often metaphysical people being disconnected from metaphysical things, because it's everything. It's everything. You know, it's yeah. everything, and especially a car, which is the uh, personified aspect of how we travel through life. Right. And um, so I just love that you, you make that connection. I like to use a car and, uh, you know, all those kind of things as part of a, a teaching because it's so connected to how we live and move and have our being. Yes, well, I mean, I think everything in the illusion is is a mirror. I mean, and everything, that means even the stars and the moons, everything in nature, everything, every person that we meet is a a reflection of ourselves, and that's why they're all a gift uh, to help us know more about ourselves. Our body is reflective energy. Uh, Mm -hmm. I had a wonderful lesson in terms of my body being, I've had many lessons with my body being reflective energy because the the energy in your, it's like the mind is, is is telling the body twenty four seven exactly how to be by what is what the mind's doing and how the mind is thinking, and uh, when I came back from California, uh, I was here about three months and I developed a lump in my back and and I, I have a lot of cancer in my family. And so I went to the doctor immediately. She said, come in right away. She examined me. She said, yes, there's a lump. I want you to go in and have an MRI tomorrow morning. So I said, okay. So it was scheduled. So I came home from the doctors and that night I was saying, okay, um, 
now what is this about because um, I know my body is reflective energy. So uh, I went to Louise Hay's book that I go to over and over when I need to, and I looked up what lumps were, and it's all about grudges and resentment. And I realized then that I had, from the three months I had been back on the East Coast, that I had been reliving all the old resentments that I had gone through with my family and all the old grudges, and I'd been festering over it and festering over it for three whole months. And I realized that, um, that my body was simply reflecting what was going on in my mind. And so, therefore, I had to heal the mind if I wanted to heal the body. So that night... I did a very long meditation, and during the meditation, I realized that I had to um, understand because my family had, you know, where was the good, where was the benefit in how my family had behaved towards me uh, before I had uh, left and gone to the other side of the world, so to speak. And I realized that their reaction to what was happening in my life and their reaction to me was... Um, was so uncomfortable that it actually forced me to take my physical body and move elsewhere. And by moving to California, my whole life turned around. So it was the it was the way that my soul had gotten me to go to California where I needed to be to get involved in the course and to, to start my own path, to actually, you know, it was like a last-ditch effort for the soul to say, okay, now we're going to try something dramatic here, and if you don't do it here, I don't think you're ever going to do it, so we're going to get out of here. And so <laughs> I, I realized that, um, that they were the motivators I needed. And while in the meditation, as I had this light bulb come on, that they were the motivators I needed, I started thanking them for being who they were and having giving me the motivation to do what I needed to do. And as I said this, and I'm saying as I'm saying it now, the same thing is happening to my body. This, this stream of creamy light is coming up through my whole being, and this is what happened to me before. I'd never experienced it before, and it was this most amazing feeling I had ever had. And so I, I went through, I went to the, for the MRI the next morning, and um, the doctor called me in the afternoon and she said, well, it didn't show up on the MRI, but I want you to go in for more tests. And I said, well, before I do that, I have to tell you what happened. Because I swore when I came home from California, I was never going to go to another doctor that I couldn't be honest with. <laughs> so I told her what <laughs> happened and she said, well, come in and um, let's take a look. So I, I came in and she said, well, the lump's not there. And she said, and I don't know why it's not there, Betsy. I can only tell you that it isn't there. And so... This is, it's like the body would say to me, oh, oh, okay, she gets it. No reason for the, for the lump anymore. She gets it. Wow. And I mean, I, I do believe I have, I have healed from other things too. And I have looked back over my life when I, when I realized how powerful an idea this is that, um, when I was getting divorced and had four young children, I developed something called hysterical paralysis, which would, my legs would just collapse out from under me at any, when, any moment. I would never know when it was going to happen. And I, would, I refused to give in to it. I pulled myself around by going from furniture to furniture. But I realize now why it happened. And it happened because the legs are significant of walking forward. And I was terrified of walking forward in my life by myself with four young children. And so the body was reflecting that terror. It's so cool that you're able to be that that tuned in because it it is so true. The body just lets us know where we are and 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 where we need to be. I, I'm yeah. mindful of those times in my life that 
you know, where I felt like it would either be that I would feel like uh, almost like my my light bulb wasn't on. In other words, there, uh, when you're an kind of an instantaneous manifester and you're going through a season where things aren't coming to you, you know, it's just yeah. it, it's it's like, oh, what happened? You know, did I lose my my magnet energy? And and, and certainly we're talking more ethereal, but I'm just trying to put it in you know everyday language but you just feel like things aren't coming and you're used to things coming or you know something with the health i'm like you that's when i'll take a weekend and just really look at and journal is there something i need to forgive either within myself or within someone else or some kind of story i've told myself about someone or something and you know what's amazing is that when you carry a story i mean especially You know, being a leader of a spiritual community, there'll be people that are regular, you know, here and they've come for many years and then all of a sudden they're not here. And, and so you wonder like, you know, what happened? And, and sometimes you call them, but the point is, is that it's never the story you tell yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And more often than not, it doesn't have anything to do with you. And I love the times that myself and my two siblings, we've gotten together to talk about family events. Mm-hmm. It's very healing and very powerful because the each of us have such a different view of who the characters were in our movie and mm-hmm. how we felt they were either kind or angry or or loving and it fascinates me cuz we all live there during the same time right. but we've had very individual experiences uh yes. from the book of what you're talking about of the soul wanting you to go where it's going and those kind of things why do you think that's so well because the soul is has an overall view of your past life too your past experience and so your soul knows what it is you need to learn and we don't always consciously remember that but the soul does and uh, i'm sure we understood it before we got here and so therefore we have set up the challenges for ourselves that we believe um are going to give us breakthroughs in terms of what we hope to learn when we're here and i just have to say i mean i i've had um i haven't had the good fortune to be able to speak to my sisters um, the way you have, but my cousin has, and she was telling me how every one of her, she or her sisters had a different view of their, their growing up together. But I can tell you this, that of, there were four sisters in my family, and um, two of them had no trouble at all getting along with my mother, and two of us had a terrible time. And so, you know, I, I don't understand completely why, although that both of us were sort of rebels and my mother was, didn't, could not abide by anyone disagreeing with her. But the fact is this, that I worked through it in some way that, I, that, I, that, that didn't cause any kind of dire health for me, and my sister, the other sister, never, ever worked through it, and she died of cancer at 50. Wow. So I knew when she died, I knew, I, I said, there but for the grace of God go I, because I mm-hmm. know that if I had not gone through the exercises I went through to heal myself and to understand what had gone on for me, that I would have been there too. I just know that. Because I, because I know the body reflects, you know, the cancer in the mind is reflected in the body. Oh, you see that so much, too. I'm sure you have people write in to you um, with your book or respond to you in radio shows that there's 
often the common thread of of cancer is immense anger. Yes, it is. It is. It's like suppressed anger for years and years and years. That's what it is. A refusal to deal with the anger, to release it, to find something, uh, a reason for, you know, how has that, um, can you turn the anger into looking at from the point of view of the person you're angry at? You know, how did they resemble you in some way? I've even been able to do that with my mother in that I realized that, um, she, okay, she, I was not the daughter she wanted me to be. That's true. However, I remember feeling she wasn't the mother I wanted her to be. So mm-hmm. we were we were mirrors in that respect of each other. And so to be able to see that, to be, able to, to be able to see that I had felt constantly in my youth that she was not the mother I thought she should be, and 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 I'm sure she felt that, and she felt I wasn't the daughter. So it's, it goes, that's the way it goes. If I had been wise enough maybe as a child to be able to get past my anger and, and my, my um, resentments, um, uh, maybe we could have been better friends. But uh, Nat, the fact that I can see it now is, is good enough for me. <laughs> I can see it now, and that's really what counts. But I, I really do believe that um, the body is uh, our best friend and that it tells us everything we need to know about what's going on in our lives. And, and the people we meet um, when we have a problem with a person, it's never, ever about the other person. It's always about something in that person that is telling us what needs to be dealt with in our own self. And it, it, sometimes it's hard to look at that. It's so but, true and so it's powerful. Hard to look at it, but it's, mm-hmm. um, it's it's the it's the only thing that you can do because you cannot ever change other people. It just doesn't work that way. Absolutely not. You know, Louise Hay was very leading edge with that in the eighties when she started meeting with the the people that had AIDS in in California and and talking with them about you know if you have certain experiences in your body. It's because there's some metaphysical reason, you know. There's a there's a cause, and um, her her work is very popular. Where people will look it up, you know. If I have knee problems, it's because mm-hmm. I have needs unfulfilled, and you know, if I have a cyst on my back, it's this and that. And um, I think a lot of her stuff is very spot on. It is, yeah, it's wonderful. It, it at least gives you a clue of, of where you need to go. To heal, it, it, it gives you a direction, and um, uh, I think that um, the reason it's so hard to look at ourselves, it, for me anyway, this has been my journey. It's very hard to look at ourselves in terms of how we have attracted something into our life. Like, for instance, if I've, if I've attracted a person to my life who's disrespectful, uh, it's hard for me to say to myself, "Well, where have I been disrespectful?" And the reason that it's hard is because. Um, ego jumps in with all the reasons, all the justifications for behaving the way you've behaved. In other words, well, they did this and they did that, so why shouldn't I be critical? Why shouldn't I be judgmental? Why shouldn't I be this, that, and the other? However, the fact is that the universe doesn't recognize justification. It only recognizes the emotional action you give and returns the emotional returns that emotional action because the universe thinks everything is love. So if I'm disrespectful to another person, the universe says, oh, Betsy thinks disrespect is love, so let's give her a lot more of that back. 
that's so true. I love the way you frame things. You know, it just puts it back in the perspective of of common sense. Yeah, so much uh, common sense. It is. <laughs> that's what my book's all about. And if, if if an idea doesn't make sense to me, I don't buy it. It has to make sense. And I, I really believe that's what the world needs more of right now. It needs more of just plain good old common sense. You and me both. I, I put that in my recent book that we've yeah. gotten away from just good common sense. It's just life isn't hard. It's just sometimes people's determination to make it to make it that way. I want to thank all of you for, you know, not only your support, your contributions, but your sharing the messages of Unity Online Radio. We truly are a voice of an awakening world and these types of shows uh, that get posted on Facebook and social media. Uh, you never know the outreach that's beyond the choir of Unity Thinking that we're going to be able to touch in some way and great stories and messengers like we're receiving today from Betsy Thompson. I want to thank you for that. While we're on break, go to BetsyThompson.com and look at all the information which Betsy has to offer as well as her new book, Love Human. We'll be right back after this short break. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. Benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. I thought I already had, but I'm really sorry. Welcome, everyone. Here we are. We're talking with uh, Betsy Thompson today, and we are uh, delving into a lot of cause and effect and some of the great deep teachings of A Course in Miracles and how miracles teach us to be on the course. I think it would be safe to say that, right, Betsy? Yes. Well, you um, you have a favorite subject called uh, accountability. Um, when you talk about the word accountability, in what way do you mean it, and how do you think we are influenced by it? I think accountability is about taking responsibility uh, for what we have, the choices we have made instead of blaming other people for what happens to us. And I, 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 when I say, uh, you know, I believe truly that um, we, we, it's not because we intentionally um, blame. It's just like it's an easy thing to get out of an uncomfortable situation to take the blame 
the blame position. Uh, but the thing is that when you become a blamer, you attract a lot of blamers into your life. And so taking accountability is really about taking back your power. And uh, I, I like to give an example of, for instance, say that um, somebody borrows your car and they don't ask for permission. So to make a point, you borrow their car and, um, and, and don't ask for their permission. And, while, and you're just doing it to make a point. But while you're, while you're driving uh, the car back to the owners, you decide to stop in and have a piece of food and eat, eat a little food at, uh, at McDonald's. And, and so you, you park the car and you're, you're sort of in a hurry, so you don't really park it well. You park it where it's sort of half in a driveway and half out of a driveway, but you know you won't be long, so you don't worry about it. So you go in and you get your food and you come out. And when you come out, you realize that somebody knocked into the car and tore the, tore, uh, the, the fender off. So now here you are. How are you going to handle this situation? And guaranteed, the first thing you're going to do is you want to blame the person who, who did it to your car. Then, the, it, then you're going to blame uh, the woman who fiddled and faddled over your bill in the restaurant. Then you're going to blame the waitress who didn't wait, wait on you fast enough. Then you're going to blame the person who stood in front of you in the cashier line and, and didn't go fast enough. And you might even be so ridiculous as to blame the person who created a driveway and didn't make it wide enough. And so this is, <laughs> this is what goes through our minds. Uh, instead of just saying, I'm responsible for this. <laughs> and so when you say, I'm responsible for this, all of a sudden you have taken back your power. You are not at the mercy of all these other influences that you have said, you know, it's their fault. Uh, because when you say it's their fault, what happens is you put yourself in a very weak position and you give the power to other people who are making decisions that affect, affect your life. And I believe that this is why there are so many lawsuits going on in the world today, because nobody is saying, I'm responsible for this. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I like to say, when I blame, I do not claim. <laughs> you know, so it, because it, it just continues to wreak separation, a separation of our part in it, because no one can ever do anything to us unless we allow it. Right. It's, it, it's about, it's, it, it's just uh, making yourself as at the effect of the world instead of being the person who affects the world. So, I mean, it's, um, it, I mean, I know about that position because uh, when, you be, when, you, when you sit in blame, you're always waiting for the next horrible situation to come along where you'll have to blame somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So it's a never-ending, never um, you know, it starts and then it gets, gains momentum like any idea does. But when you start to become accountable, that gains momentum too because wherever you put your focus is going to be where the, where the, where the expansion comes. And so, I mean, I, when I was in my job in California, I, I gradually started taking responsibility even when I knew I wasn't to blame because um, it, as soon as you take responsibility, for instance, with a boss, as soon as you take responsibility, he relaxes and says, oh, she's going to solve the problem. She's, she's accountable. She's going to solve the problem. And then there's, that's the end of it. But if, you, if you're always blaming someone else, he never knows where, where the problem is and it makes him very uneasy. And so if you remember this, all you working people out there in the, in the working world today, become accountable. Take responsibility for what happens. Before you know it, you'll be the manager. <laughs> <laughs> you own the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> right. Say that won't happen. You may wind up owning it. Yes, exactly. You, 
if you on another level own it. Um, well, because the more you take the more you take responsibility, the more responsibility you are given to handle. That's very true. I I, I like the way you said that. That's a it's a little bit different or uh, said in a more unique unique way the more responsible you are to things to handle the more you're given responsibility yeah. of things to handle yeah. that's good yeah. that's very good thank you for I mean who the- would you want working for you you want the right. person who can handle things who takes responsibility for what happens who knows what they're doing no doubt about it and yeah. and you want because that's where growth comes from doesn't it and I think that's why we have people that are just repeating so many patterns in their lives because they're never taking ownership that um, they are a big part of why it's happening. Yes. I remember my boss in California saying, you know, things happening um, that he didn't directly have control over. But I remember him saying, Betsy, the, the buck stops here. You know, the buck stops here. I mean, uh, and I, I was very impressed by that. He took responsibility for everything under his department because he's in charge of who he's hired. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing, it's a, it's a very empowering um, path when you realize uh, that taking responsibility and becoming accountable really changes your life in a lot of ways. It, it really helps you um, make different choices. Uh, in any direction that you go, it it really does because you do see that you're the common thread. Yes, and you the know? thing is, is, this is the thing: if you do, if you refuse to take responsibility, then it doesn't go away. Um, the soul just creates another situation in which you have another opportunity to take responsibility because the soul doesn't give up simply because our conscious selves doesn't want to de- doesn't want to deal with it. The soul has a purpose while it's here, and so the soul keeps us in situations that continually give us the challenge that we need to get through and we need to overcome and we need to um, understand and grasp. And so um, if you don't deal with it on a small scale, then the, then the challenge comes on a big scale. I mean, whatever the soul can do to get our attention is what happens. Mm, that's so true. <clears throat> so true and, and so powerful. You know, one of the things that, that you and I have spoken about before uh, on another show, but a word that is multidimensional in its meaning is the word judgment. Yeah. What do you feel about that? Well, um, th- there's a chapter in the book about judgment, um, and it's it's about re- thinking about, and first of all, the, the universe uh, or God or whatever the force that runs the universe, um, why would it judge a belief as good, bad, wrong, or right if everything is known as a needed growth in the person who has it? Uh, mm-hmm. So judgment, we, we judge so many things. We judge for instance, we judge if people have different philosophies than we have, if people we think our people are victims, or we judge war, or we judge um, uh, abortion. We judge abortion. We judge the aging. We judge, we, we judge the sick, the handicapped. And, and it's, it's really, um, you know, first of all, if we judge philosophy, um, ask yourself if you lived 10,000 years ago, would your present-day philosophy hold up? If you live 10,000 years in the future, would your present-day philosophy hold up? Because to the energy we all call God, all time is now and all people are one. 
Therefore, God welcomes the same inclusive philosophy today that God welcomed in the past and welcomes in the future. And so what do we care what other people believe? You know, first of all, you have to ask yourself, why do you care what other people believe? If you believe something that's meaningful for you, why isn't that enough? Mm-hmm. And, I, we, and I, we, we judge war because we forget that every soul positions itself for personal insight and War only exists because so many think it is helpful. When nobody thinks it is helpful, it won't exist anymore. I, I, have you thought of that? <laughs> oh, I, I think about us not being really meant to kill each other often. Yes, I'm a real life rights advocate, so I think about that often. Yeah. As a matter of fact, and but, I, you know, I, if, if war weren't helpful to someone, it wouldn't be on the the menu of life choices. So somebody, the people need to go through that experience, or it wouldn't be an experience here to have. I will. I'll be glad when they get complete with the experience, and we can move on. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But then it's also about blessing the people who need to go through it. It's also about letting them be who they need to be and go through the, what they need to go through. Because I really believe that you have to get to that point where you can say that and feel that in order for peace to really come. Mm-hmm. I believe that anyway. And, and, I, and I heard a, 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 an idea in this book about abortion, um, that we judge abortion because we forget that a soul would never be so mindless as to enter a thought where no future existed if indeed it wanted that future. That's a big one, Betsy. I know. It's a big one. It's a big one, but think about it. You know, the soul is all-knowing. Why would it enter a a uterus if it it was going to end if indeed it wanted to have a, a long life? It wouldn't. So, you know, if, 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 if the soul uh, can give even a gift of that, um, you know, we, we, we judge things like um, uh, handicaps as being, you know, not so good. But, but maybe the handicap is exactly what a person needs for the journey. I have a son who's had multiple handicaps. Um, I had German measles when I was, when I was um, pregnant with him. And um, he's, had, he's had a lot of challenges, and, and I remember him telling me one time, he said, you know, I must have had, when I was in a past life, I must have been a very arrogant person because I certainly have learned a lot about humility this lifetime. Mm. And so I, I know that, you know, just from him saying that, I know that he sees there's something he needed to learn. Mm. That's so powerful. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed our our time together today. I'm talking with Betsy Thompson, and that's her website, BetsyThompson.com. Betsy, is there any last uh, statement or quote or anything you'd like to leave with uh, our listening audience today? Yeah, I'd like to say that, remind everyone that peace is a state of mind, and after you find it in thought, it manifests in matter. Mm. Love it. That is so powerful. Well, thanks so much for everyone for listening. If you like uh, the topics that we're having, please go and learn more through templehaze.com or visit us at unitycampus.org. We'd love to hear from you and love to have you visit us often. 
Thanks, everyone, and thank you, Betsy, for being on the show. Look forward to our next time, and knowing you, look forward to your next book. I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the very near future. Keep up the good work, Al. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God. You are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift heal and comfort them as you send this radiance on you are filled with a new sense of god's power and you release this power to the whole world to uplift guide and bless all people a day's tasks await you but god is with you and with god's help all shall be done perfectly this meditative moment is brought to you by unity Benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Somewhere, 
tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. At the base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, And each of us has a unique way of expressing that source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Reverend Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. the saying a good deed is its own reward well moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward it will also reward you with vibrant health boundless energy an easy way to keep your weight where you want it and according to yogis and unity's co-founder charles fillmore even give a boost to your spiritual life on main street vegan the radio program named for the popular book Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. It's Kitchen Table Karma. Make kind food choices. Watch more good come into your own experience. 
Feed your body with bright, fresh, colorful foods from nature and develop the glow of radiant health. Learn how to easily reap these benefits in your life with Victoria Moran's latest book, The Good Karma Diet. Eat gently, feel amazing, age in slow motion. Including stories from real people whose dietary change graced their lives in remarkable ways. Plus, 40 delectable superfood recipes from culinary alchemist Doris Finn. Available wherever books are sold, as a print edition, an ebook, or a deluxe Kindle or Nook book with 30 minutes of audiovisual extras. The Good Karma Diet. Share the love and love your life. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.